Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome to church. My name is Don Thurber. I am one of the pastors here. So happy you're here with us this morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, the grandmas, the great-grandmas, the great-great-grandmas, all the moms out there that play the role of a mom. Maybe you're a family member or a friend or a stepmom, and you are a mom. We celebrate you today. We are so thankful for all the mamas in here. Um and I want to thank all the moms watching online. You guys are awesome too. So happy you're here with us. Um, as I was praying this week, the Lord said, don't forget. Don't forget those that are sitting out in the congregation that this day might not be so happy. Um, it might be a day that reminds you of a loss or you've been praying a prayer to the Lord for a really long time for a baby, and he hasn't yet answered that. I want you to know we love you. We care for your heart. You are in a safe place. We acknowledge you, and if you are one of those uh, people, we would love to stand with you. If you need any prayer, love, hugs, anything like that, we are here for you as a church. And so um, as the mother of this house, I have the honor of preaching every Mother's Day, and the Lord put a subject on my heart that I feel like is very misunderstood, and that is the subject of humility. I feel like that's very misunderstood, and we're going to be getting into the story of Hannah. I love Hannah. She's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and so my heart is that by the end of this message that you have a deeper understanding of what humbly walking humbly before the Lord looks like, and that we would be humble like Hannah. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we know that this is your day, Lord, that you get to honor those in this place no matter where they're at, Lord. We thank you that you are with us and that you care for each and every heart. Lord, we celebrate you, Jesus, today. We ask that you would speak your word to us because we know this word isn't just for the moms. This is for everybody in this place. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So to understand humility, we need to know that this is a requirement of God. That in the scriptures, it says in Micah 6, 8, that this is a requirement. And in Micah 6, 8, it says, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, to do what is right, that makes sense, right? To love mercy, that makes sense. And sometimes we kind of roll over the walk humbly because sometimes we don't understand what that really entails. I also want you guys to know it's not only a requirement, but there is blessing behind walking humbly. In Matthew 5, 5, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. Wow, this must be super important to God if his blessing is for us to inherit the whole earth when we live humbly. So it's not only a requirement, but God says, I will bless you and I will give you a great inheritance when you walk humbly with the Lord. So I want us to start with understanding what being humble is. What is it to be 
humble. There's a misunderstanding behind this word. So let's look at the definition. I'm a huge definition person. I love def- definitions. Google, what, what does humble mean? What? Google, Google, Google. <laughs> I talk to Google all the time, okay? Um, humble, not proud or haughty, not arrogant or forceful, reflecting, expressing, or offered in a spirit of reverence or submission. What a beautiful definition of what humble is. And we're going to wrap back around to this definition, but I want to talk about the misperceptions and the worldview of what being humble is. The worldview is basically you're a pushover. You're a doormat. You're weak. You're powerless. You don't really have a say. You're quiet. You're timid. This is the worldview of humility. And I believe that it's because it's associated or the word is in the word humiliated. So let's look at the word humiliated. To reduce someone to a lower position in one's own eyes or others' eyes. To make someone ashamed, embarrassed, mortified. So you can see where the misunderstanding and misperceptions can come in because I don't even know why these words sound so similar because living humbly has nothing to do with being humiliated or making someone feel humiliated. But do you see kind of the correlation of how the enemy uses this against his people? Because he really does not want you to inherit the whole earth. He does not want you to live in a blessing with the Lord. He doesn't want you to be under his favor. It's confusing and can distort the heart of God and his desires for us to live a humble life. In order for us to live a humble life, we have to understand it. But I have a couple questions. What do you think of when you think of the word humility and what it means to live humbly? What do you think about when you think of this word humility and what it means? And then the next question is, have you had a distorted view of what being humble really is? Have you had a distorted view? For me, in the beginning of my walk with the Lord, I thought humility was a personality trait or an emotion, okay? In the beginning of my walk, I thought, you know, if you were a strong person or you were outspoken or outgoing, then humility just was not in the cards for you, okay? And then I thought it it was an emotion, that it was an emotion, emotional response to feeling less than. And then as I just got deeper in the word, deeper in relationship with Jesus and seeking out God, I found out this had nothing to do with personality. This had nothing to do with emotion, but it had everything to do with the character of God and who he was and how he wanted us to emulate his character and embrace his character and walk humbly with him. Again, the definition of humble not proud or haughty, not arrogant or forceful, reflecting, expressing, or offered in a spirit of reverence or submission. I feel like this word submission at the end is kind of like this, ooh, you know? I think that's a misunderstood word as well. Ephesians 5.21 says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I want to read the definition of submit so we have a better understanding of what this is to submit to one another. To present or 
propose to another for review, consideration, or decision. I love this. You're actually being considerate to someone in your life. You're considering their heart. You're considering their thoughts. And then you're considering God. First, to submit, we have to submit to God and consider him in our big decisions, our small decisions, and all the in-between decisions. We have to say, God, I consider you to review my heart, to review my life, to review these decisions, whatever that may be. I'm considering you in my life. I'm putting you first. And out of reverence, what does it say? Out of reverence, honor or respect felt or shown. Who doesn't like to be respected, <laughs> right? Honor. This is an honor and respect to God. It says to submit to one another in honor. So we should consider one another because we're respecting and honoring one another. But first God, we're considering God. We're, we're putting in reverence. We're, we're honoring God when we walk humbly. Wow, when we understand what this really looks like, it doesn't seem that, that difficult. It's more of a character trait. Hey, who loves a know-it-all? I know I don't love a know-it-all. My husband doesn't like a know-it-all either. I, <laughs> I know that for sure. He loves it when I consider him, you know? When we walk humbly, <laughs> we consider one another. We consider God first. We we allow him to be God in our life. We say, God, your ways are higher than my ways. I don't know everything, but you do. And you want to bless me, and you have an inheritance for my life. So I'm going to submit to you, and I'm going to submit one to another. First to God, then to others. I think about being a mom. I think about being a mom. It's not about do as I say, right? A lot of us, you know, the kids will be like, why? Why? Well, just do as I say, yeah, that's, that's the easy part. I do do that sometimes. But really what it is to submit to my kids is to say, your heart matters. Your heart matters. So when you ask questions, I want to teach you, do as I teach. Do as I show. Do as I live. Do as we have conversation with one another. That's how God has asked us to submit one to another. You're like, submit to your kids? Well, I care for their heart. I love them. Do I discipline them? Absolutely. They don't want none of this, okay? We're going to have conversation. <laughs> we'll have conversation, and then if we continue, then you know what I'm saying. But we submit out of reverence to one another, and we love one another by submitting to one another in honor and respect. i got to show my kids what respect looks like. So I have two young men, and I'm teaching them not to be seven and nine. I'm teaching them to be young men for the Lord. So I'm the example of what it looks like to honor. Amen. So now that we understand and have a good definition of what living humbly is, I want to get into Hannah. I love Hannah. She's in the first and um, second chapters of 1 Samuel. It's an awesome couple chapters. She's actually in that, those two chapters. That's it. She's in those first two chapters of 1 Samuel. And it says in the first chapter, in the beginning of the first chapter, that she was one of two wives to Elkanah. So there was Panina, one of his wives, and then Hannah was the other wife. And it said that Panina could have all the children that she wanted, and she did. She had multiple children, but then it said that Hannah's womb was closed. And Panina would provoke Hannah because her womb was closed. And then it said Elkanah loved Hannah more. This is messed up, okay? This is totally messed up, and this is why we do not have multiple wives. If you ever have any questions about this, go into 1 Samuel. 
because we tried it and it did not work, okay? Um, thank you, God, for showing us this now. Um, and so Hannah um, was sad a lot. She was sad a lot because she could not have any children. And um, every year they would go to the house of the Lord and they would sacrifice and they would pray to the Lord. And uh, could you imagine Hannah's prayer when she goes to the house of the Lord? So while they're there every single year, Penina would provoke her to cry. And so let's look at this scripture here in 1 Samuel 1, 6, and 7. Because Hannah's womb was closed, her rival, Penina, kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. I love this. Whenever they would go up to the house of the Lord, Hannah would go. She had a choice, right? She kept going to the house of the Lord. She knew where her help came from. No matter where you're at today, your help is in the house of God. This is a safe place to meet with him, to cry out to him, to be with him. And Hannah knew that. Hannah knew where her help came from. She goes to the house of God, and let's look what happens. 1 Samuel 1, 10, and 11. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. I love this desperate prayer by Hannah. Shows a humble heart before the Lord. Lord, if you would only. Have you ever prayed that prayer, that desperate prayer? Lord, if you would only. Year after year, she would go to the house of God. She never stopped. Lord, if you would only. You may be praying, Lord, if you would only heal my body. Lord, if you would only heal my family member's body. Lord, if you would only heal my thoughts, my depression, my anxiety, my thoughts of suicide. Lord, if you would only take this from me. Lord, if you would only save my lost children. Lord, if you would only help me. Lord, if you will only. This was Hannah's desperate prayer to the Lord. And she makes a vow to him. Lord, if you would only. As Hannah's praying in her desperation, Eli, the priest, is there and he's watching her. Now, it says in the scriptures in 1 Samuel that she was praying this prayer in her heart and her lips were moving without any words. And so Eli assumes that she's wasted, okay? He assumes that she is drunk. And so Eli comes up to Hannah and he's like, woman, you need to lay off the wine, okay? Lay off the wine. And I told Andrew before, I was like, maybe you should use this scripture for your whining and complaining. We need to lay off the wine, right? <laughs> you can use it, honey. Um, so <laughs> Eli says, lay off the wine. And so it, she's being judged, you know, all this stuff. What I think is so Im important to understand, and, I and what I took out of this, is sometimes in our desperation, our easiest way is to go to another substance instead of going to, to God. And we'll go to all these other substances to try to fill a space in a place that only Jesus can fill. And we push down these emotions and 
and we go to alcohol or other substances to, to try to um, soften the blow in our own lives. But Hannah wasn't doing that. She said to Eli, she said, I haven't drank at all. I'm not drinking at all. I'm pouring my soul out to the Lord. And so she tells him what she's praying for, and he ends up blessing her. He ends up blessing her in that moment. And what I love about verse 19, it says after she tells Eli her her cry for help, and after he blesses her, the next morning she goes and worships the Lord. It says she goes back to the house of God before they go home, and she worships the Lord. And I think that's for some of us today. You may be praying for a miracle, yet God is desiring a worshipful heart, a thankful heart. She worshiped before the miracle. She worshiped God before she got her miracle. And she got her blessing, but she hadn't seen it yet, right? Faith. Blessed are those who believe without even seeing yet. And so when we worship in this house and we raise our hands, this is not out of ritual. This is not out of religiosity. This is out of complete surrender to our God, saying, God, I don't know it all, but you do, and I trust you. And that's what Hannah did, to be humble like Hannah, to worship before the miracle. And so she worshiped, and at the end of verse 19, the Lord remembered Hannah. The Lord remembered Hannah. You might be praying, Lord, if only. Lord, if only. And God is speaking to your heart right now. And he says, I remember you. I see you. I hear you. I hear your cries. And I remember you. Because humility comes before honor. And we're going to see that in scriptures in a little bit. If you're praying, if only, God's saying, I remember you. So Hannah goes home, and she gets pregnant, and she gives birth to Samuel. And she decides she's going to wait to wean him and then bring him to the house of the Lord because remember her vow. So she weaned Samuel. She brought him to the house of God, and she gives him to Eli to raise in the house of God. In 1 Samuel 1, 27 and 28. Can you imagine this? She's prayed for Samuel. She promises God, I will give him back to you. She gets the miracle. She gets the promise. And then she's like, oh, oh, I, I have a promise too. I prayed for this child, she says to Eli, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. And, and Eli, he worshiped the Lord there. Man, what a humble life Hannah lived. What a humble life Hannah lived. And I want to talk about some reflections of Hannah, of what we see out of this story. Number one, honoring. Honoring. Hannah reflected a life of humility by honoring God and then honoring the man of God. She honored God by bringing Samuel back and, and fulfilling her word. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Man, another promise of God that he gives grace to us when we humbly come before him 
and we honor him with our lives. I love this. Proverbs 15.33 says, fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. See, the blessing and the inheritance was Samuel for Hannah. He was a great prophet. And so what happens is Hannah lives this humble life, and there was honor in her life through a blessing of inheritance. Another one, thankful heart is another reflection of Hannah. She had a thankful heart. She worshiped before the miracle. I love this, to be thankful for what God has given to us. We may not see it yet, right? We may not see it yet, but we know that God is faithful and that he remembers us and that he knows you by name and that he created you with purpose. We haven't seen it yet, but he wants to bless us. We have to walk humbly with a thankful heart. Third reflection is integrity. She followed through with her word. She followed through with her word. She didn't have to. That was her baby boy. Can you imagine, moms? Like, God, give me this, this baby. Okay, now I'm going to give him back to you. And then I get to see him once a year when I go up to Shiloh and worship and, and sacrifice. This was Hannah's heart of integrity, walking humbly. And then being a good steward, a good steward. Hannah knew what it was to be a good steward. She knew what stewardship was, that her son didn't belong to her. Her son belonged to God. And when you're a good steward and you walk humbly before the Lord, you know that your possessions, your family, your money, your job, your workplace, your purpose doesn't even belong to you. It belongs to God. And that you are stewarding, being a good steward, taking care of what already belongs to the Lord. Hannah knew this. Hannah knew that Samuel Samuel was not hers. He belonged to the Lord. And what a beautiful inheritance this was and a beautiful blessing. Samuel became one of the, the greatest prophets who served the Lord all the days of his life. He actually anointed Saul and David as king. He was one of the prophets that would speak to the Israelites, speak God's truth and be his mouthpiece. He was a judge. He was an amazing man of God who loved God faithfully, who was one of them that heard God's audible voice. Wouldn't that be amazing? He heard God's audible voice. This was the blessing and inheritance that was seen. Another question, what are you missing out on? What inheritance and blessing are you missing out on because you're not choosing humility? You're not choosing to consider God, to honor him in reverence. What blessing are you missing on? We need to understand humility first in order to embrace it in our lives. So I want to talk about some signs that you are living a humble life, some signs that you're living a humble life. Remember, maturity is the goal, right? Pastor preached this a couple weeks ago. Maturity is the goal. So some signs that you are living a humble life. First one is you take responsibility. You take responsibility for your words, for your actions, for your mistakes, for hurting someone, for doing something that maybe your heart didn't intend to, but you hurt somebody anyways. You take responsibility. This is a sign of living a humble life. You know what? I didn't intend to do this, but I'm sorry. I didn't intend to, to hurt you or, or, or do these things. You take responsibility. The second one is you listen and you don't try to justify or defend. Man, this is a hard one. 
because you want to justify or defend your good intentions. But good intentions don't take you anywhere. It's your actions that speak volumes. And so not justifying or defending, but accepting, taking responsibility and knowing that this is the humble life that I live. God's my defender. God's the one that represents me. Another sign that you are living a humble life is you rarely or never get offended. I didn't say never, only, because we're still human, okay? We're still human. Offense will come. And the enemy uses offense sometimes number one to taking you away from your your purpose in life. You get offended, you get hurt, and you're like, this is messed up. I don't want to have anything to do with this. And then you walk away. And that's not what the Holy Spirit wants. Living a humble life says, I'm, not, I'm rarely to never going to get offended. And when I do, I'm going to forgive quickly. That's the next one. I'm quick to forgive. I'm quick. Maturity doesn't say I'm never going to get offended. Maturity says I'm quick to forgive. I'm going to forgive quickly, knowing that, hey, I'm, I make mistakes. I want someone to forgive me quickly. Living that humble life says I'm going to forgive when I get offended, and I'm going to do it quick. And the last but not least, we show up, serve, give generously, tithe with no agenda, no obligation, knowing it's not out of obligation, but knowing what honor looks like, walking humbly looks like, knowing what reverence looks like. God says I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. God says I should show up, I should show up. God says, the house of God is important. The house of God is important. God says for me to tithe, I'm going to tithe because it all belongs to him anyways. And there's a blessing and inheritance when we honor God through reverence to him. Reverence, humbly submitted to God. God, I'm going to consider your word. I'm going to consider your heart. I'm going to consider that what you say is true. I'm not going to fight you. This is a sign of walking humbly with the Lord the sign of maturity, that we can consider God in our lives, show up, serve, give generously, and know it's not out of agenda or obligation. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. I keep on talking about this honor because it's like, why don't I have this position? Why don't I have this title? Why don't I get recognized or acknowledged? Why don't I get this? God's asking us to live a humble life. And then he will lift us up in honor. We have to walk humbly for the inheritance and the blessing that God wants to give to us. God wants to lift us up in honor. But first, we have to walk humbly. And listen, we cannot fake it with God. We cannot fake that humble life with God. We can fake it with people, oh, all day. And sometimes you can figure it out. But with God, you can't fake it. He sees your heart. He sees your heart. I remember about 12 years ago, it was about 12 years ago, we were still in Florida, and um, I discovered my role in life. Now, I knew my purpose. My purpose was to, to love Jesus, to get in the Word every day, to learn about His truths and His promises, to let that um, sink into my life. My purpose was to, to live out the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I wasn't perfect, but I was seeking it. I knew my purpose was to just go after God with all my heart, right? 
And then I knew my mission. My mission in life was to lead people into this fully devoted relationship with Jesus, to love people right where they're at, to accept people, to, to make sure that they know that they belong to God and, and that they belong with his people. And then I discovered my role. And that was to be a pastor's wife. What? I was like, God, are you sure? And so that next Sunday after I discovered my role, and after lots of quiet time in the closet, yes, I was alone in the closet with God, a lot, crying out to him, there was an altar call. And I ran to the altar. I ran to the altar. And I got on my knees, and I cried out to God. And I said, God, why? Why would this be my role? I, I, I am messed up. I have issues. I still say the wrong thing. I still do the wrong thing. I, I'm still healing from addictions. I'm still working through addictions. I'm still broken. I don't know if I can do this. I'm just crying out to God, and I'm pouring out all my insecurities to the Lord. God, why? Are you sure? And I heard him very specifically that day. He, saw, he said, Dawn, this is exactly why. Because I can do more with your brokenness than others' perceived perfections. And that, yes. And that day was the start of me walking humbly. I was not humble that day. That was not a sign of humility. That was a sign of complete surrender. And that's where my humble walk started. And what I didn't know in that moment was that my role wasn't only to be a pastor's wife, but to be a pastor. And that is what walking humbly looks like, right? It took me some time. It's taken me a lot of time. And listen, my road's not over until I see Jesus face to face, right? The older I get, the more I know nothing. I need Jesus in my life every single day. But knowing I have a good, good father that hears my prayers, that remembers me. And as I worship, and as I've, I have a thankful heart, as I consider him every day and consider others in my life, I know that he will bless me. This humble walk starts with surrender and knowing that Jesus is Lord and that he, he's over all, right? So when I was looking up role, you know what my role means? My turn. There's going to be so many pastors and pastor's wives and leaders and amazing influencers that are way better than me, okay, after me. But right now in this vapor of a life, this short life, it's my turn. And when I walk out every day knowing that, God, you can do more with my brokenness than others perceive perfections, then I know that I can do it. Because even in my brokenness, God wants to use me. Even in my process of healing, God wants to use me. And if you're sitting in this place, God wants to use you for good because it's your turn. If you're breathing, it's your turn. If you're hearing this message, it's your turn. And here at Passion Life Church, one of our core values is empowerment because we want to journey alongside you in discovering what your role is right here. God's saying, you have a role to play. There's only one you on this planet. For all of eternity, only one you. 
And God said, I created you for a purpose. I created you because it's your turn. God's saying, it's your turn. Discovering your role. That's why we have growth growth track, personality, spiritual giftings, because we want to invest in you and all that God has for your life and next steps here at Passionate Life Church. It's your turn. And Jesus, the greatest example of living a humble life. Man, he was up in heaven with his Father and the Holy Spirit in all of his glory, angels worshiping him, no pain, no sorrow. And he chose to take the humble position of human and come to this earth because he considered you and me. He considered you and me saying, God, I will. If, if you could take this father from me, this cup, take it, but not my will, your will be done. He experienced hurt, pain, the greatest betrayal. He experienced brutal beating, physical, emotional, and mental torment because he considered us. It's the great, greatest example of living humbly. And our first step to this humble life is surrender. Saying, Jesus, you gave it all. So I'm going to give my all back, my turn. And no matter what that looks like, God, I know you can do more with my brokenness than others' perceived perfections. So yes, God, I choose you. You love me first. I'm going to love you back. Let's choose this humble walk with Jesus and know that there is great blessing and inheritance to follow. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for this place, this moment, this time. We, we give this moment to you. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give everybody an opportunity, if you haven't yet, if you would like to say, I want Jesus. First, I want to surrender my heart, my life, my turn to Jesus. Or maybe it's been a really long time and you have not been following God and you want to recommit this life to him. If that's you, just a private declaration of faith, would you raise your hand to the Lord? I just want to pray with you. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if everybody can repeat this prayer after me, helping those make the greatest decision of their life. Dear Jesus, I thank you for choosing me, for dying on that cross for me, for living a humble life. I ask today, that you would forgive me of all my sins, come into my life, and I vow to you to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, give it up for those making the greatest decision of their lives.